Hi, Amy Jo. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so pleased to have you uh, in our little pre-briefing. I, I know I've met you at uh, in Salt Lake City because you're a mighty Morphin Power Ranger, and, and I hope you had a good time while you were here. I did, you know what? The, that convention was one of my faves. I Thank think you. I was there about three years ago. And the hotel, an amazing hotel, what's it called? Uh, the Grand America. The Grand America. Oh, it was... I think it, I think it's one of my top, maybe my top convention that I did. Yeah, they have high teas and brunches and all kinds of stuff. And I'm glad uh, uh, Dan Farr, who runs the convention, he's the, he's the man, and and Brian, they treated you really, really well. I hope. Oh, it was it was incredible. My sister came with me. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, you know, I want to get into this gently because you know Tammy's always dying is 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 such a powerful movie. Um. And being a director, does it help being an actor to be a good director? Are you more empathetic to your, uh, to your, to your talent? Um, I think being an actor really helped me with becoming a director. Uh, the innate process of being on a set and how the machine runs and works and being an actress for 20 years, I think that's what I brought with me into directing. Honestly, um, I think I was a bit of a lazy actor, to tell you the truth. Really? And shooting Tammy's Always Dying, Felicity Huffman and Anastasia Phillips showed up 150% and gave everything they got. And I look back on my acting acting career and I'm ashamed. Oh, you shouldn't be. <laughs> oh, no, no. These girls, they, they, these ladies, they did their homework. Like... They really prepared and they really, and, and as a director, that is such a gift to have people right before, um, maybe a month before shooting, Felicity said, what if you had a no sides policy on set? And I was like, oh, I love this. So I talked to all the actors and I told them and I asked them and I, and I said, we're going to have no sides on, on set. And it was wonderful because it freed everybody up you had to know your lines before you got there and it was yeah. really great that that removes that safety net too i know a lot of actors will paste lines even on other actors you know during things and it it, it it's a safety net that i think is is a mental problem with some actors but having actors free even to experiment with lines and things like that um that's a sign of a great director um, well, I don't know about that, but it, them showing up, knowing their lines was a gift because everybody got to play and everybody got to just really um, dive in. And I like to do, they keep the camera rolling um, during takes so that you get runs into the scene and stuff. And that really lent itself to that because we would, we would record the rehearsals. Almost like a sports thing where you go through the rehearsals and you're, you're, you're charting and seeing where maybe some of the, the pacing slows down and all? Um, yeah, but a lot of times we did do, we did a, a little bit of rehearsals the week before we started shooting. Me, um, Felicity, Anastasia, Clark Johnson came in for a couple days. And especially Felicity and Anastasia, like really ran a lot of those scenes. Joanne Sarazin, who wrote the screenplay, was a playwright. Mm. And the screenplay really reflected that um, a lot of the scenes were written like a play. Um, so that was interesting because they could get a real good run into a scene. And despite 
whatever current problem she has, Felicity Huffman is still one of the most amazing actresses uh, there are, and she's so underrated. Because uh, when people talk about wonderful performances, we tend to forget how deep she goes into a character. You know, I'm so grateful to her. She was so generous to come to Canada and do our tiny little film, our, you know, our $2 million budget movie, and bring her A-game was a real gift. Like, she showed up on set and, and again, like I said before, brought 150%. And it really made the entire crew and everybody have to rise to the occasion and keep up with her. Yeah, it buoys everybody up to, to, to another level. Yeah, we had to. It was, she demanded it and it was wonderful. It was, it was such a gift. How, how does that play for you? I mean, uh, I, I assume working with certain people and you have in the past, you've worked with some of my favorite actors, you know, back on Flashpoint and, and all of that. It's a masterclass in acting, isn't it? Which? Well, working with somebody like Felicity Huffman oh, and Rico on 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 uh, Flashpoint. I mean, Juan Rico, I love him so much. Those those guys. I mean, uh, it looks easy, but they are amazingly brilliant performers. And they also really do their homework. You know, Felicity really, really gave it her all, and really did. You know, two months before she read the script and fell in love with it, and then we met in New York. And she said, if I'm going to sign on, I need to, you know, I need to decide soon um, because I have, I have to start preparing. And this was like two months before we even started shooting. Mm. And then she showed up with, you know, she grew all of her grays out and, and wow. the teeth. And she really, yeah, she, she transforms herself in the movie. Tell me a little bit about how the project ended up with you as the director. So I went to the Canadian Film Center to um, and did the, the director's lab, mm -hmm. uh, which was amazing for me. Um, it was a bit of training. And I met Joanne Sarazen, who was in the writer's lab, actually writing Tammy's Always Dying at that time. And I heard the, the script in a reading with actors, and I just, I cathartically fell in love with these women. Um, my... My dad is an, a non-functioning alcoholic and suffers from depression. And so I just, but sometimes wickedly funny. And so I just identified with this character so much. And I said, I went to Joanne and I asked her if I could make her movie. And she was, and she said, yes. And so we spent the year, you know, raising the money and getting it off the ground. And, and here we are releasing it. You know, when we talk to, to people about showbiz, we, we, we seldom bring up the business part of, of that name. Raising money is no easy task. It sounds like, oh, we're going to have a couple of dinners and, and people are going <laughs> to open the check. This is, it's a whole weird process of doing it, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I, I live up in Canada now. I'm in Toronto. This is where I've, uh, like, started my career as a filmmaker and I just find Toronto and Canada um, incredibly nurturing to to filmmakers and and we sort of pieced all the money together through CBC and Crave and Telefilm and Ontario Creates and there's all these grants that you can apply for here in Canada and you can actually make a movie I think I've heard it's a lot harder to 
put that money together like that in the States. Uh, your locations are really spot on too. They're, they're well, I mean, your lighting, your crew, it seemed like you were blessed with, with just about every aspect of, of the actual production. Um, tell me a little bit about your favorite location to shoot in. Well, we shot in Hamilton, which is about 45 minutes from Toronto. And I found that bridge, which is like a character in the movie, on my Google Maps. And I, because I was searching for this bridge, like, what is this bridge? What does it look like? This overpass, is it over water? Is it over a height? Like, where are we? And then I saw this walking bridge over these train tracks. And I hopped in my car and I drove to Hamilton. And and I, I just knew that this is, this is this this is the bridge. And it was in a very sketchy neighborhood in, in Hamilton. And that was Tammy's neighborhood. And, you know, we decided to have the movie take place in Hamilton. And um, I'm so glad we did that because Joanne wrote a Canadian movie because, you know, as she's said before, poverty in the U.S. is very different from poverty in Canada. It really is night and day, isn't it? Uh, the way that people approach um you know, homelessness and poverty and, and uh, even e even the core message of your film, which is, you know, uh, reclamation of a human being is, is, is approached differently there. I think, I think so. Yeah. And I'm a new Canadian. I moved up here 15 years ago and, and I, I do love it. And I feel like um, I feel taken care of in a lot of ways. This movie is, is, <laughs> You know, I want to really call it a deep, deep drama. I mean, it is, it is about relationships. It's about how one looks at themselves, too, and, and through that prism, you know, that, that we all have, you know, of, of self-value and self-non-value. Um, what do you think audiences are going are gonna to take away once they see the film? Well, I think that everybody has a Tammy in their life or somebody like Tammy. Um, I think there's all there's so many different issues and subjects that we deal with within the film that I think everybody can relate to something within it. Um, for me, the movie really ultimately is about letting go. Hmm. And with that, I think is hope. And, um, and, and I think that, you know, the movie, like I said, does deal with some pretty heavy subjects. But as a filmmaker, I really like to find the humor and the levity within the heaviness because that's how we have to deal with life, you know. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that people can identify with the movie. And, and that's like my purpose as a filmmaker, I find, is, is to make those movies so people can, you know, feel normal. Well, I, I, you know, and I know you're a musician, you know, and you can't make music by just playing the black notes that, you know, you, you, you have to, you have to space the, the, those notes with, with some kind of relief and, and sometimes laughter and humor just is enough to, to distance yourself so you can appreciate the darkness. Yeah. I mean, like I, like I said earlier about my dad who struggles with depression and alcoholism, I mean, that's the only way me, my brother, and my sister like can get through it is to find the humor in it. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, where can we where can we watch uh, uh, the film? 
it'll be on demand and on VOD. And I think pretty much every platform, iTunes, Amazon, all the places where you can rent a movie, you, you can rent it. And, and I would love it if people do, because I think it's a special movie and Felicity Huffman is wonderful in it. And, and as you said, everybody has a Tammy in their life. I, I think this movie is so rewarding and so deeply affecting that, um, uh, I, it's it's going to be on your top favorite lists of films this year. And, and that's saying something because it really is well done, Amy Jo. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. Oh, I put a little lump in my throat. Thank you. Uh, well, send me some syrup from Toronto. <laughs> anyway, it's such a pleasure to catch up with you and, and talk about this film. Do you have another project coming? I'm writing right now. I'm writing a, a screenplay called Somewhere Someone. Oh, and sounds one. romantic. It is. It's kind of, it's an epic love story about, um, anyway, it's about a woman who was on one of the planes that landed in Gander during 9-11 in Newfoundland when 38 planes had to land. And so I'm writing a fictional love story about a woman who was on one of the planes who falls in love with a local. Well, I can't wait to to review it and talk to you about it when it comes out. Uh, Yeah. Your pleasure to talk to. and, And as I say to everybody at the end of these, Remember, after this interview, wash your hands. It's the safe thing to do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Amy Joe, I hope to see you in Salt Lake soon. Oh, invite me back. I want to come back. Consider you're invited. Great.